0: Psalm 119, verses 65 through 72. I'm with particular interest on verse 71. The Word of God, Psalm 119, beginning with verse 65. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. For I believe your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me. But I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease. But I delight in your law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of, of coins of gold and silver. It's good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Healthy hardships. Once upon a time, there was a rancher who wanted nothing to do with God. He had always looked out for himself and figured that religion was for wimps and weaklings. And he made sure his sons, Tom, Dick, and Harry, felt the same way. One day, the local preacher got an urgent phone call. Could he please come out to the ranch right away? The rattlesnake had bitten Tom, and there was nothing more the doctors could do. Could the preacher please come and pray for him? The preacher went. Amazingly, the rancher took off his hat. When the preacher came in, he even knocked off the hats of Dick and Harry. He led the preacher to the dark room. Will you pray for Tom, he pleaded. The creature began. Oh Lord, our God, we thank thee for sending this rattlesnake to bite Tom. For it is the first time in his life that he has admitted that he needs you. And Lord, we pray for two more rattlesnakes to bite Dick and Harry. that they too may receive this blessing. And oh Lord, we pray for especially big and honorary rattlesnake to come and bite the old man, so that he too will know what it means to need thee. Terrorists, tsunamis, taxes, tests, tears, troubles, trials. And that was last year. What can you expect this year? Healthy hardships. Let's think about four kinds of troubles. Troubles that transform, train, teach, and test us. Troubles that transform us. The story about rattlesnakes isn't true, but it makes the point. Some of us have no use for God. As long as we're able to get through life, we ignore God. The more smoothly things go for us, the less we think about God. Sometimes the only thing that makes us think, listen to God, is troubles. If it weren't for troubles and hardships, some people would never come to the Lord at all. and They would be lost forever. In 2 Chronicles chapter 33, The king, Manassas, illustrates how troubles may transform us. For years, Manassas lived as a filthy, vicious idol worshiper. The Lord sent prophets to warn the king and the people, but they paid no attention. Why should they? They were doing as they pleased and getting away with it. Things seemed to be going well. So the Lord took a different approach. He prompted a foreign army to launch an invasion. They captured Manasseh, stuck hooks in him, put him in chains, and took him to Babylon. At last, God got the king's attention. In his suffering, he became humble, turned to the Lord his God, and begged him for help. God accepted Manasseh's prayer and answered it by letting him go back to Jerusalem and rule again. This convinced King Manasseh that the Lord was God. It's easy to ignore an occasional warning from a preacher, isn't it? But it's not easy to ignore hooks in your flesh, chains in your arms and legs, and bars on your cell. God used pain in prison to change Manasseh's heart when everything else had failed. And today, sometimes God uses pain to to bring his people back. Once, a prisoner wrote to the Back to God Hour broadcast and said, If I hadn't come to prison, I wouldn't be listening, and I would still be caught in the black hole of evil. Prison actually rescued me from myself. Nobody goes looking for problems or pain. We don't want such things. We don't enjoy them. But afterwards, in hindsight, sometimes we have to admit that our troubles were good for us. At the time, it seems as if God was being cruel, but he was actually being kind. He was using healthy hardships to save us and to change us in ways that would never have happened if our lives had remained trouble-free. A prayer in Psalm 119 says, Verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. Verse 71, it was good for me to be afflicted that I might learn your decrees. Verse 75, in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Many people have received eternal life in Jesus Christ only after God sent healthy hardships into their lives. Some of you can say, it was good for me that I was afflicted. In fact, it saved me. Maybe you haven't reached that point yet. You may be having lots of problems, but you think that your troubles mean that God doesn't care about you. But often pain is the way a loving God moves us to give up on ourselves and to find life and joy in him. God loves his people so much that he sent his son to suffer and to die for them. God loves us so much that he will make us suffer if that is for our good. Knowing God's love in Jesus and believing in Jesus is the only way not to perish in hell, but to have eternal life with God. That's why if God loves you, he won't just stand by and watch you go through life pretending you don't need him. Sometimes the only place God can get your attention is in a hospital or an addiction treatment center or a prison or a divorce court or a graveside. Sometimes you have to hit the bottom before you look up. Maybe you've lived far from God, you're walking the path that leads to hell, and for a while you seem to be enjoying yourself. But now God, in his love, has sent a crisis into your life, and you're going through something that is just awful. If so, you may be angry and upset. You may be tempted to resent God. But it's not time to resent. It's time to repent. Learn the hard lesson God is teaching you. You need him. You can't go on without him. Let your troubles drive you to your knees in prayer. Put your faith in Jesus and ask God to forgive you for Jesus' sake, thanking him for showing you how much you need him and supplying your needs in Christ Jesus. God sends troubles that transform us. Troubles that train us. Perhaps you already believe in Jesus and have already been transformed by him. Does that mean you'll never go through hard times again? No. Hard lessons aren't just for ungodly people who need to be shocked into seeing their need for God. Troubles also come to people who are already followers of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 (coughs) speaks to Christians Who have been going through hard times. They're tempted to feel sorry for themselves to give up. They're tempted to think that the Lord has given up on them. How do you handle problems and deal with discouragements? Be careful that you don't exaggerate your troubles. There are situations where you can fall into panic and self-pity, even when things aren't nearly as bad as they could be. Don't be a wimp. Let God make your faith tough enough to shrug off minor troubles. It may sound harsh, and I don't want to make light of the things that are truly awful. But make sure you don't blow your problems out of proportion. In the game of playground basketball, there are no referees. People call their own fouls. If you play in one of these games, you better figure out some bumping and contacts. You can't be a wimp and scream, foul, every time you get jostled. Just plan on a few bumps and bruises and don't make a big deal out of it. As the playground rule says, no blood, no foul. Hebrews 12 verse 4 says something like that. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. In other words, no blood, no foul. Hebrews puts lesser troubles into perspective by telling about the heroes of faith who were sawed in two or slaughtered by swords. Hebrews speaks of Jesus, who was mocked and tortured and crucified. The author urges Christians to remember these heroes, especially Jesus, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Don't be shocked if you run into troubles, and if you're only experiencing some hassles here and there. Keep your problems in perspective. If you haven't lost any blood, if it's not a major crisis, don't blow your problems out of proportion. In every situation, whether your problems are relatively minor or truly severe remember who God is remember what he says in scripture when problems are getting you down you may be tempted to see your troubles as a sign that God has abandoned you but if you think that way Hebrews 12 verses 5 and 6 says have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons my son do not despise the chastening of the Lord or will be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you're a Christian, don't ever think your troubles mean that God is out to ruin you. It's quite the opposite. One of the quickest ways to ruin a child is to give him whatever he wants and let him do whatever he pleases. If God never disciplines us or put us through things we didn't like, it would mean he didn't love us and didn't care what kind of people we turned out to be. The fact that God is a loving father means that he will sometimes use troubles to train us and to help his dear children grow up. (coughs) So Hebrews 12, verses 7 through 11 If you are enduring chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Moreover, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. God sends troubles that transform and train us. Those are tremendous words, but how do we apply them to ourselves? How can hardship help us to share in his holiness and produce the harvest that he wants? Troubles that teach us. There are three kinds of hardships with lessons we can learn from each. One kind of hardship is punishment. The pain we suffer for doing something bad. Another kind of hardship is persecution. The pain we suffer for doing something good. A third kind of hardship is perplexing. The pain isn't the result of anything we've done good or bad. It just happens with no clear cause or explanation. First, Hardship may be punishment. Some suffering is directly connected to some sins we've committed. If you have a hangover the morning after too much drinking, if you get a sexually transmitted disease through contact with someone who isn't your spouse, if you're locked in jail after committing some crime, if you're feeling guilty and miserable over something rotten you've done, you don't have to wonder why you're in pain. You brought it on yourself. God sometimes uses pain to jolt people into seeing their need for God. The Lord caused pain to punish Christians who are disobedient. Maybe you know Christ and trust him, but haven't acted like it. You've sinned and have suffered for punishment for it. Your punishment may take the form of problems in your life, or it may take the form of a guilty conscience or a sense of deep sorrow, and pain. Your Heavenly Father is making sure that you know that sin hurts. You learn that God uses punishment to discourage disobedience and to encourage obedience. Punishment is God's loving way to show that sin doesn't pay and the happiest, healthiest way of life is to trust Him and obey Him. That's a hard lesson, but a valuable one, that all sin offends God personally. Second, hardships may be persecution. Sometimes you suffer for doing good. Persecution comes in various forms. If you seek to obey God, you may be mocked as a goody-goody. If you believe in creation or miracles or the resurrection, you may be laughed at as being gullible and stupid. Persecution can go beyond mockery. You can miss a promotion or even lose a job for doing what is right. In some places, you can even be attacked or killed for being faithful to Jesus. One thing you learn through persecution is that your faith is real. It's strong. It's not flimsy or phony. When your life as a Christian is easy, you may wonder sometimes whether you truly trust God or whether your faith is just empty talk. But when you endure opposition and trouble, you learn that you do love and serve God no matter what, not just when it's easy. You learn that your faith is genuine. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7 says, That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Through persecution you learn that your faith is real. Another lesson you can learn is that you are in good company. The prophets and heroes of the faith suffered pain and opposition, and so did Jesus. When you suffer for doing good, you experience a greater union with the heroes of faith, and most important, with Jesus himself. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 1, 5, the sufferings of Christ overflow into our lives, and we experience... The Fellowship of Sharing in His Sufferings, Philippians 3.10 Through persecution, you learn that you are in a great battle, part of a great army, and follow a great leader. You learn that with the Lord's help, you've become enough of a soldier to worry Satan and draw his fire, and you're enough of a soldier to not run away. Lessons of persecution are hard but they make you more confident and capable soldier. You learn that your faith is real, that you're in good company. The third type of hardship is the one that is perplexing. What about the things that you suffer that don't make any sense at all, that apparently have no cause, that you've done either good or bad? You can lose your job job. You can endure a terrible illness, you can bury someone you love, or suffer any number of hardships and there seems to be no reason for it. It's not punishment for being bad, or persecution for being good. It's just something terrible that happens to you. These mysterious, perplexing hardships are probably the hardest kind to deal with and to learn from, even harder than punishment and persecution. Punishment hurts, but at least you can learn the lesson about sin. Persecution is painful, but at least you have a sense of taking a stand with Christ. Perplexing hardships has no clear link to anything in particular, either sinful or heroic. It just hurts. God sends troubles that transform, train, and teach us. Troubles that test us. In God's wise and sovereign counsel, some of the hardships are mysterious and horrible without explanation. Sometimes our heavenly father ordains hardships without answers, terrorists, tsunamis, taxes, tests, tears, troubles, trials. Yet we know from God's word that God can use even these most perplexing planes to transform us in ways that nothing else could. Here are three lessons we should learn. The first lesson is unconditional trust. Trust isn't so hard when God's ways are plain and seem to make sense. But when you're going through pain and trouble that makes no sense to you, you have no idea what God is doing or why some trouble seems to be happening. It may look like he's out to destroy you, but you trust him anyway. You walk not by sight, but by faith in the Lord who says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Isaiah 55, 8. Unconditional trust. The second lesson from unexplained sufferings is that this world is not your home. If everything is going the way you want, if you're plain, happily successful, how eagerly do you pray for Jesus' return to set all things right? When pain and problems strike you, seemingly out of nowhere, and death, you learn that you are not exempt from the world of pain, even if you're a Christian. At that point, your longing for a better world becomes much more intense. Happy times can be delightful gifts from God, but it is through troubles that your Father makes you eager for your true home. As C.S. Lewis said, Our Father refreshes us on the journey with some pleasant ends, but will not encourage us to make the to mistaken them for home. Hardships make us hungry for heaven. You learn unconditional trust. You learn this world is not your home. A third lesson from our Heavenly Father that teaches through perplexing hardships is tenderness and sympathy for others. When you've walked the path of pain, your love for others becomes more sensitive and real when your life is pleasant, it's easy to offer glib words to people in pain. But once you've suffered yourself, especially if your suffering defies explanation, you'd rather offer tender embrace and weep with those who weep than pretend that a few pious words can solve everything. God sends troubles that transform, train, teach and test us. Be very careful not to minimize someone else's hardship by offering quick answers. We must not pretend to have a complete explanation of God's ways. Only God can fully explain his ways. Only God can heal wounds and wipe away tears. God calls us to endure hardship not just as a meaningless blow we have to absorb, but as a discipline that shapes us to be more like Christ. Ask yourself, is God sending me troubles in order to get my attention? Am I willing to be shaped into whatever God has in order for my life, even if it hurts? Am I willing to learn the lessons from my Heavenly Father that is teaching me even if the lessons are hard. May God bring each of us in a closer relationship to himself, even if it sometimes takes healthy hardships. Oh Lord God, we do praise you for the clarity of your word, and for the way that we can turn to it, particularly in times when we are perplexed, when we don't understand what's going on. We thank you that in afflictions, though you have tested us, it has turned us unto your word that we might learn to trust you, that we might have confidence that you are always doing what is right and what is good, whatever the difficulties are. I plead for those who right now are in the midst of affliction some kind of testing or temptation or trial, some adversity in their lives, that they might look unto you with confidence and grant that you would not tempt above that we are able, but will with the temptation grant a way of escape that we might be able to bear it. Father, as you disciplined, as you disciplined us, may we learn to live more righteously and holy guarding our lips, our mouths, our speech, guarding our minds, our thoughts, and our meditation. Grant that the hardships that we experience might be healthy unto us. Grant that you might sanctify us and renew us. We plead for your mercies in Jesus' name. Amen.